not case. Hope not hates are basically controlling Britain. Hope not hate. An alluring name for those more concerned about social justice than truth. These backwards, these backward thinking, virtue sick, virtue signaling, fake news crack. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Hope Not Hate podcast. My name is Matthew McGregor and I'm joined by our CEO Nick Lowles for one of his occasional forays into podcast land. It Nick, is. thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Um, I, I, we've asked Nick to, to join us for this uh, uh, podcast uh, because it's the end of the year. It's the time when we think back at the, the year that's gone and uh, look ahead to the year that's coming up. Um, Nick... 2018 has been a kind of a, a strange year, and there's been a uh, you know the rise of the street movements uh, that, that we've seen Tommy Robinson and and, and his ilk, uh, the radicalisation of, of UKIP, um, and and all of the Brexit stuff that goes along with it. But I, I wanted to start, if that's okay with you, by talking about national action and the uh, the trials that took place over the summer and have been taking place more recently, given how closely you and and the rest of the team at Hope Not Hate were involved. Absolutely. I mean, um, at the beginning of the year, we were warning about the rise of a more militant, more violent, more terrorist-focused uh, far right, and um, and clearly there's been probably six or seven trials now um, across the country of of uh, national action members um, and some quite sizable prison sentences. Um, I mean, you know, on one hand, I think it obviously highlights a growing threat from the far right. And, uh, you know, the the latest uh, figures showing that the number of people being um, re, uh, referred to the police and uh, prevent and channel um, shows the rise of far right terrorism or far right violence. Um, but also I think it highlights the role of, 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 of Hope Not Hate. You know, we were instrumental in bringing um, some of these court cases to 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 trial, um, we obviously the key one at the Old Bailey, which was about um, the conviction of a man for uh, pl- plotting to murder an MP. Um, so you know, I, I think that on one hand we can take some satisfaction both about our own role, but also that you know now over twenty people are now serving prison sentences. But at the same time, we can't be complacent because you know there's clearly a move towards terrorism by people of the far right, both on the organised side, but also I think what we've seen June twenty eighteen is that individual kind of lone actors are kind of uh, radicalising online and um, you know trying to carry out acts of either extreme violence or even uh, terrorism. Do you think, um, I, I want to come on ask about the online radicalisation in a second, but just on, on national action and um, the, the threat of far-right violence, it didn't really feel like at the beginning of the year it was taken quite as seriously as it, as it is now. Do you feel like the media have cottoned on to what's going on and are, are treating it as the coherent far-right threat that it is? Or do you think we're still in the, the space of, you know, lone wolves and, and, and white vi- violence by white people being treated very differently from violence from, from Muslims? I mean, I, you know, there, there, there's certainly been quite a lot of pro, uh, progress during, during the year. Um, and I think people are now acutely aware, both in the media and in the police and the security services, about the, the threat posed by, by the far right. But I also think that, that there is some complacency as well. Um, there's complacency in the sense of people now feel that they've destroyed the group, um, which, you know, on one hand they have, but of course people who have been through it who are still out there and are, are kind of reorganising in different groups and we're, we're, we're kind of seeing that now. But also 
you know, fundamentally, part of the reason why they took so long to understand the threat is because they didn't understand why why people both why people were getting involved in groups like this, but also how they were organising. And I think that even now, the kind of the the propaganda being pushed out, the hate that 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 that's being pushed out, particularly online, is radicalising people, be it into organisations or be it kind of doing stuff on their own. So you know. There have, you know, there's, there's been progress, but there is still a lot more to be done. And also in terms of the kind of mindset, in terms of where, what, what kind of motivates people and where the threat is coming from. During the um, the Finsbury Park uh, attack trial, uh, there was some talk of uh, uh, Darren Osborne becoming radicalised by what he saw online, including content from uh, Stephen Lennon. Um, also known as Tommy Robinson, and he's he's been uh, you know, loomed large over the the course of of this year. It, it feels like he had a you know uh, uh, he's had a year of two halves, if you like. Do you get that sense that he's on the the fall over the course of the second half of this year, or you know where do you think he stands now? Yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly, I think that he is. Um... He certainly stuttered. I would say he's fallen. His star has fallen, but he certainly stuttered. I think, you know, the first half of the year was the rise of, of Stephen Lennon and obviously his um, conviction um, for contempt of court and, and then interfering with a court case, going to prison. That was obviously the kind of high mark of his year. Um, you know, uh, you know. Funnily enough, he was behind bars, probably at, at, at the peak of his popularity. You know, and, and the very fact that there were people in the Trump administration pushing for him. You know, huge amount of money being raised for him online, um, a huge kind of social media reach. But you kind of feel in the last few months, for a variety of different reasons, he's kind of slipped, slipped backwards, or he hasn't been able to build on it. And I think partly, you know, there's obviously further potential legal action hanging over him so that's probably limited him to an extent um i think that the people are getting more organized against him and you know i've got to pay absolute you know credit to hope not hate supporters and the hope not hate team who were you know influential and um, involved in stopping him going to the us which i think you know if he had managed to go to the us in november as he had planned um, that would have given given him a huge boost you know partly financially but more importantly in terms of credibility and contacts um, people are organising against him now and people are taking more imaginative ways to organise against him. I think also on the street movement stuff, you know, there's always been tension between um, you know, the kind of cult-like status of Tommy Robinson and the people going out on, on the demonstrations. There's obviously a group of people, largely unaligned people, who, who love him and will do whatever he says. But some of the others, particularly some of the kind of football lot, don't really like him as an individual, um, and I think some of those tensions played out in the summer on one of the, one of the, uh, the the kind of Day of Freedom demonstration, where they saw you know Stephen Lennon, Tommy Robinson playing games and kind of putting the blame on other people, and and that didn't go down well. So I think that some of his base has started to fracture as well. And I mean, interestingly, the final demonstration of the year, which was the Brexit betrayal demo, was both a lot smaller than than than, than I think we were all expecting but also you know um people weren't as kind of you know supportive or as kind of you know hardline in their backing of tommy robinson than they were um earlier in the year what you you brought me on to what i wanted to talk about next which is the radicalization of of ukip i mean they've been, always been pretty 
hardline uh, uh, right, but they've, they've they've taken a dramatic turn this year, and this kind of culminated in that Brexit betrayal march with uh, Jared Batten and Stephen Lennon on on stage together. They've suffered a whole range of defections and resignations over the last couple of weeks, but I kind of still feel like they've got a, a very strong brand and um, they're well known in the country as as being a, an anti-European uh, party. And with with the Brexit uh, chaos continuing, they seem like a bit of a threat. How how do you what's your take on how UKIP have developed over the course of of twenty eighteen, and, and where do you think they go next? I mean, it, you know it. If you look at their kind of rise in opinion polls over the last few months, I mean, in a way, it's it's a, a despite themselves. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, a, a party has kind of in a way gone to the far right. I mean, they they occupy the political space that that the BNP had in two thousand and ten, um, and yet they they're doing better than ever. Well, certainly better than they have done in the last couple of years in the polls because people you know link link them to Brexit and the, and the EU. Um, but you know, on on a serious note, I think that we now have um, UKIP is a far right party. I mean, you know, it's a party that's obsessed around Islam and Muslims. Um, it's attracting hardline far right figures and people who are into violence. Um, and and so I think that there's that probably puts a limit on where where it will go. But I think it will be nastier. And I think also it's combining street and politics and 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 the ballot box so i think that we will see more provocative actions from them and obviously the involvement of uh, stephen lennon in 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 ukip will attract some of his followers uh, probably drive out some of the more kind of older uh, slightly more uh, respectable people but um you know it is it is by in in all intents and purposes uh, bmp uh, mark two talking of uh, more respectable or ostensibly more respectable figures being driven out. Nigel Farage has had a funny year of, of primarily media stunts and um, uh, uh, provocateur uh, um, uh, stuff that he, he loves to do. Uh, uh, the Infowars interview was a, a low mark for, for me with Farage this year, but he seems to be getting more interested in politics again. Do you think that... 2018 was his media year off and 2019 will be him getting back into standing for election? Well, I mean, look, to be honest, by by the end of March, as if all things go to plan as he thinks it, you know, he's he's going to lose his income from from the from the EU so he's scratching around look he he's gone on record to say that um he he's going to launch a new party if his brexit which is obviously a hard hard brexit it does it does doesn't happen um and i think that you have to understand his fallout from ukip in that context so you know he he obviously spoke out against ukip it's moved to the right it's you know adoption of stephen lennon partly because he wanted to uh uh destroy the organisation and he wanted to kind of encourage people to to leave it but also I think that he's trying to um, give himself a slightly better image I I think that you know over the last couple of years his association with Trump his association with Bannon his association with all sorts of far-right fascist leaders across Europe has pushed him further to the right and he's quite toxic now and so I think that you know his his condemnation of of Stephen Lennon being an extremist and look and I have no doubt he does think he's an extremist but but it's also about trying to give him a kind of cleaner image and I think the party that he wants to develop is kind of halfway between where UKIP were and and the kind of right wing of 
of the Tory party. So, you know, clearly there's going to be a battle between UKIP and a new possible Farage party as we go into 2019. And Farage leading a new party will be a much more serious threat. It might not be talking about Muslims, but it will be certainly talking about immigration and identity and stuff like that. So, you know, that, you know, with support anywhere between kind of 10 and 20 percent, um, a new Farage party is going to be a, a serious problem for, for, for Hope Not Hate. And it sounds like there might be a, a by-election coming up in, in Peterborough after the uh, MP there was found guilty um, of some driving charges recently. Do you think he will stand in Peterborough? Do you think he has a chance? Well, I mean, I, I, it comes down to whether he's he's got the guts to stand i mean you know it's 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 a perfect seat for him you know it's a leave area it's an area that's seen massive kind of demographic change um over the last 10 years with with the kind of rise of the eastern european community um it's it's perfect for him but as we've seen so many times before he talks a good fight and then then he kind of backs down at the last moment i don't know it 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 will be a perfect um opportunity and it'll obviously be a kind of a mini uh, uh, referendum on Brexit, so we'll, we'll kind of see. So I just want to um, uh, wrap up with a with a kind of a, a you know a quick fire look back. Um, can you give me a, a sort of a highlight of twenty eighteen and, and a and a and a low moment um, in in the work you've been doing? Um, sometimes it feels a bit of a struggle to find some high some some high uh, marks. I mean, I I I, I think that. Um, in terms of hope not hate, I, I think that the development that we've made combining digital campaigning uh, research has, has been phenomenal, and you know there's clearly been some huge successes on that. And I think we're in a much better place to you know challenge hate now than than, than we were before. I mean, obviously the uh, national on a personal level, the the uh, the national action trial at the Old Bailey. You know, it, it, it's hard to. So it's easy to underestimate the significance of what happened, but basically, hope not hate through the work that we do saved the life of 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 a Labour MP, um, and because of because obviously we're not allowed because there's ongoing trials we've no we've not been able to talk fully about our role in that, but you know that was an amazing amazing achievement, and and in a way it was the work of so many people inside inside the organisation. So that's a personal highlight. And has there been a moment this year where you've really felt like the the right is is really on the rise here, and, and we're in we're in some bother? I mean, I, I kind of think that probably in the summer, at the height of uh, Stephen Lennon's kind of popularity, where you got the kind of the White House basically batting for him, you kind of feel that you're on the losing end of things in a way. You know, we weren't fighting, you know, Nick. Nick Griffin on the streets of Oldham anymore um, so I think you know I mean it's it, it's easy to get down it's easy to kind of feel that you know the you know the forces of hate are growing all around us but at the end of the day you know the reason I do this job because I have fundamental belief in in, in the power of people and and I think that I hope not hate embodies that and I think that when people do come together people can organize and create real change for the for the better and this time of year especially around new year um, we think about uh, uh, how a, how a new year can give us a you know a fresh boost and and things to be hopeful for. It's literally in the name. I know we talk about the, the hate side of things a bit more, uh, but what gives you hope for twenty nineteen? 
it's quite clear that 2019 is going to be a, a difficult year, but at the same time, and you know, particularly around Brexit and how Brexit's going to go, who knows, and the backlash that could cause, or the resentment, or or the kind of divisions, and I think you know the kind of race, the racism that's likely to come as as a result of it as well. But I also think that there are opportunities for hope to win, and I think that you know. It, it, I think that if we get organised, if we challenge hate in a positive, constructive way, um, you know, if we can kind of build and and I suppose there's hope not hate, if we can kind of offer some sort of kind of leadership and coordinating role, um, you know, I I, I do believe that um, hope can can be beat hate and I'd just like to kind of end with a kind of special thank you to everyone who supported the Hope Action Fund because you know we are largely supported and funded by by our supporters and you know um, over a thousand people I don't know the exact figure now but over a thousand people you know give regularly to Hope Not Hate every single month and 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 that has been great. And likewise, you know, thousands of people get involved in our activities online. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do half the work that we do. Um, so, you know, I want to pay pay a special tribute to all our volunteers and all our supporters out there. When I when uh, I thought you were going to say Leeds getting promoted from the Championship, but I I just take that as a given. <laughs> and obviously, being, being, being a Norwich fan, I I don't want to kind of you know see see you too upset at the end of the year. <laughs> well, it could be, it could be a happy office. We're both in the automatic promotions at the moment. It could be. Let's hope. Let's hope. And on that hopeful note, um, thanks, Nick, for for joining us. And I want to add my thanks to everyone who listens to the Hope Not Hate podcast. Um, We started this earlier uh, in the year and we've had some really great feedback. We're always open to uh, requests and ideas for things you want us to cover on the podcast. Uh, Joe and Sophia will be back early in the new year. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, happy Christmas to uh, all of our our listeners and uh, happy new year.